From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. Well, happy Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. Father Wade Menezes is in the house ready to field your questions. Get in line now. It'll be crowded later. The number is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, your number is 1-205-271-2985. And we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at one 205 271 2985. And you can always send us an email. That email address is openline at ewtn.com. I'm Jack Williams, Michael McCall, producing the program. Your call screener is Matt Gubensky and Ace McKay handling our social media efforts. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live, you can type a question into the chat window and it may find its way to us by the end of the program. And our host, as he is every single Tuesday, Father Wade Menezes, even on Fat Tuesday, <laughs> or as I call it, Tuesday. <laughs> what are you saying about every Tuesday of your life, Jack? Are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> yeah, you know, I could mix in a salad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, fat, fat Tuesday it is, yeah. along with calling it Shrove Tuesday. End of Shrovetide. That's right. A two That's week, exactly a two, right. A two-day season, right? The, the, there you go. It's like its own liturgical season. That's right. This day. <laughs> it's, it's shorter than the Triduum, which is its own liturgical That's season, right. right? Yeah, you know, I get asked a lot about the word shrove. It's a form of the English word shrive, which means to give absolution, for example, for someone's sins by way of confession and, and assigning somebody a penance. Uh, thus, Shrove Tuesday, the past tense, was named after the custom of Christians to be shriven, right, before the start of Lent. In other words, to start Lent well. Well, yet the dichotomy of all that is that we have Fat Tuesday, which means you take it all in before Lent begins. So I don't know how this dichotomy began, but I think it was well, now, one in, European culture in, against another European yeah, culture. In fairness, you're painting history in the light of our <laughs> our 21st century hedonistic culture in North America. This was really an effort to get rid of all the stuff that's going to go bad before you use it again. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, Mardi Gras, literally broken down, Mardi Gras means fat Tuesday, the, the, the fat gras, the Tuesday Mardi. And how about this? Carnivale, or, or carnival, comes from carnivale, meaning literally goodbye meat, vale. Uh, goodbye, uh, carne, uh, meat. So, so carnivale, goodbye, meat. So there you have it. So, but I don't want to talk about this little mini liturgical season of, of this Tuesday before Lent begins. <laughs> I want to talk about the significance of 40 in sacred scripture. And this always uh, kind of uh, attracts people's intellects because a lot of people who are hearing it for the first time don't realize the beauty of this, what I'm about to share. You know, the number 40 appears in the Bible some 157 times, depending on the translation you're looking at. And in sacred scripture, the number 40 signifies, Jack, uh, such things as new life, new growth, 
transformation, a change from one great task to another great task, etc. For example, the reign of the great flood, the great deluge, lasted 40 days and 40 nights, right? Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare himself to receive the law. Moses was then atop Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights, literally receiving the law. And then the Israelites wandered in the desert for 40 years after fleeing their Egyptian slavery. We know that during that same amount of 40 years, the manna, that bread-like substance, very mysterious, rained down from the heavens and fed them during their sojourn in the desert following their escape from their Egyptian slavery. Then uh, when Moses sent out 12 princes, one from each ancestral tribe, to reconnoiter the land of Canaan, that is to seek out their promised future homeland, the princes reconnoitered the land for 40 days. How about that? The prophet Elijah walked 40 days and 40 nights to reach the mountain of God, Horeb. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his public ministry. He then ascended into heaven, Jesus did, 40 days after his glorious resurrection from the dead. And from Christmas Day to the Feast of the Presentation, February 2nd, Candlemas is 40 days. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, Celebrated just a week and a half ago or so. Uh, The human gestation period for new life uh, is around 40 weeks. How about that? And even seeking a partial or plenary indulgence, Jack, has a period of 40 days as the time allotted to make a good and holy confession, that is, within 20 days before or within 20 days after the day that the spiritual work was sought and completed. So again, uh, so it is that scripturally speaking, 40 means something, right? Uh, I look back on my 40s, Jack. I love my 40s. My 40s were a great decade, a fantastic decade. You Uh, you left out a really important one. What's that? That help me add to my God, list. I want to God, make yeah. this list. God, the most perfect running back ever created, Gail Sayers, wore number forty. Number forty. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know. That, but I don't know if I could add. Can I add a secular component to my spiritualist? I guess I can. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so we have this this wonderful significance of forty again with qualities as repentance, newness, preparation, say for an important work or task, self examination. Uh, transformation or task fulfillment even, uh, escape from bondage or slavery, such as to sin, uh, nourishment and growth, for example, in the spiritual life, and finally, personal fulfillment, uh, such as with redemption and salvation, and ultimately, new generation and new life itself. So these are just some of the themes, right, of... of uh, the significance of 40 in Scripture. Now, the word Lent comes from the Middle English word Lenten, meaning springtime. The Lenten season lasts 40 days because Jesus went into the desert for 40 days of fasting, meditation, and reflection before beginning his three years of public ministry. The Congregation for Divine Worship describes Lent as a time of preparation for Easter when it tells us, quote, it is a time to hear the Word of God, to convert, to prepare for, and remember one's baptism, to be reconciled with God and one's neighbor, and of more frequent recourse to the arms of Christian penance, which are the three eminent good works, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And these three things constitute what are known precisely as that, eminent good works, because they are. Lent officially begins on Ash Wednesday, Jack, and ends at the beginning of the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday evening. Traditionally, Sundays are excluded in Lent's 40-day count. Now, I want to ask our uh, live listeners this hour to call in and witness, are you doing something negative for Lent, meaning giving up, 
Or are you doing something positive for Lent that is a doing of something for Lent? And if so, what is that? Maybe you're doing a combination of both negative, giving up, and positive, doing. Both and. Uh, We're Catholic. Both and. That's right. Amen to that. It's rarely, rarely either or. It's both and. And I would love for our... Open Line Tuesday live listeners, uh, whether just the on audio they're listening or they're watching us live on Facebook this hour or they're watching us on on uh, YouTube this hour, to uh, go ahead and, and give us a call or write in the sidebar there of the Facebook page and the YouTube page, uh, what is it you're giving up positively or what is, excuse me, what are you doing positively or what are you giving up negatively? Hopefully, like Jack just said, it's a, it's a both and. So for example, how about fasting from uh, hurting words and saying kind words, right? How about uh, from sadness we fast and be uh, practicing gratitude more often? Uh, fasting from anger and filled with patience, right? Fasting from pessimism and being filled with more hope. Fasting from worries and having more trust in God. Jesus, I trust in you. Uh, Fasting from complaints and contemplating more simplicity and thankfulness for what it is you do have. Fasting from pressures and being more prayerful. How about that? Fasting from bitterness and filling your hearts with joy. Fasting from selfishness and being compassionate more to others or toward others. Fasting from grudges and being reconciled to those you have the grudges with. Fasting from words and being silent so that you can listen more to others and listen more to the voice of God in your own life. So there you have it, the significance of 40 and sacred scripture and asking our callers, Jack, to call in and witness What are they doing positively for Lent or negatively, that is, giving up for Lent? You know, I I usually give up coffee and ice cream, but I never, ever give up coffee ice cream. So this year I might do that. I might give up the coffee ice cream, but not give up coffee or ice cream. Oh, just can, joking, of can course. Can the return of our Lord be far behind? Exactly. You know, my, my two big staples I give up every year, and it's hard, but I do it. Cauliflower and peas. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like I like I give up golf on desert islands. <laughs> Does Johnette know that? Yeah, she knows. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to check with her to see if she does or not. So let's give a call now to Open Line Tuesday. Give a witness the positive things you're doing for Lent, the negative things that is the things you're giving up. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. Or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. You know, I don't know if you knew it or not, but the month of February is devoted to honoring the Holy Family. It's a reminder to us to strengthen our own family life, and Mary and Joseph serve as the perfect model, obviously, for every mother and father in setting an example for children on how to live a Christ-like life. You can join us in this devotion to the Holy Family with novenas, prayers, art, books, gifts, rosaries, chaplets, everything. Available for you at EWTN's Religious Catalog. That's EWTNRC.com. 
833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. You know, we have some uh, limitations during this season that people often uh, uh, debate back and forth. It seems at the beginning of the season, we always forget what we learned the season before, but there are certain age restrictions on uh, fasting and abstinence that goes along with this penitential season. Um, I think they're a little lenient myself, but they're on the books and you want to go over them, Father. Yeah, I I get asked a lot on the mission band and during my travels, you know, about the ages and who's exempt and this and that. So I want to share this with everyone now, Jack. Uh, You know, uh, the United States Conference of Bishops, uh, the usccb.org website has a wonderful section on Lent where there's a great PDF documents to print out, suggestions to do positively and negatively for Lent. Um, There's personal stories that are shared there. And then also in in one sheet is what I'm about to read here. It's the Days of Fasting and Abstinence and Penance by the USCCB on their website. Again, usccb.org. It says, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are both obligatory days of both fasting and abstinence from meat for Catholics. In addition, Fridays during Lent are obligatory days of abstinence. All other Fridays of the year, some 45 of them, are to be observed as days of penitential observance. For members of the Latin Catholic Church, the norms on fasting are obligatory from age 18 until age 59. When fasting, a person is permitted to eat one full meal as well as two smaller meals that together are not equal to a full meal. The norms concerning abstinence from meat are binding upon members of the Latin Catholic Church from age 14 onwards. Members of the Eastern Catholic Churches observe their own particular laws in their own suriuris church, meaning which rite they're from. And then if possible, the fast on Good Friday is continued until the Easter Vigil on Holy Saturday night as the Paschal Fast to honor the suffering and death of the Lord Jesus and to prepare ourselves to share more fully and to celebrate more readily his resurrection. So again, usccb.org, the days of fasting and abstinence and penance. First up today is Joe in Covington, Kentucky, listening on our great affiliate in Cincinnati, Sacred Heart Radio. Joe, you're on with Father Wade. Father Wade, thank you for your ministry, and uh, great to speak with you today. Thank you, Uh, Joe. Well, one of my uh, positives would be... uh, Stop noticing the splinters in other people's eyes and start working on those log beams that are in my own. I can be I can be bad for that sometimes, so I'm going to try to improve upon that. Very and good. then also make an make an extra holy hour. I'm, I'm good for one holy hour per week. But I can probably increase it to two or close to that. So that's just a couple of good things I'm going to work on uh, this well, great. In the in the positive. Uh, but I wanted to ask about when Jesus. Uh, we were talking about this in our scripture study. Um, when Jesus says from the cross, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do, it's, it seems unlikely that he might. Like, if I commit a sin, I, I do it of my own free will. Hopefully not mortal, of course, but if I do, I know what I'm doing. So it seems unlikely that he meant it in that sense. So did he mean it in the sense? And plus, my sins, I'm co-responsible for putting him on the cross by my sins. So did, did he mean that directly to every single human person that's ever existed? Or, yeah. or just to the people that were there at that time because of their failure or, or unwillingness to accept him as the Messiah? Can you offer some insights on that? Right. 
Excellent question. And because uh, Scripture is timeless, it has um, it has uh, pinpoints to the future as well, right? Uh, timings that are consistent even till this day of the lessons from Scripture itself. So it's a, as to quote Jack, what something Jack said earlier during our springboard topic. It's both and. To answer your question, Joe, uh, Jesus meant those words, uh, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." To those who were putting him to death on that first Friday that we call good, but it's also applicable to all those who today cause such things as blasphemies, those things who poke fun at Almighty God, the triune Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, those who poke fun at His Bride, the Church, which we know by her four marks, one holy Catholic and apostolic. And, and you know, we pray that they don't know what they're doing, because culpability would at least be lessened somewhat, if, as opposed to what if they do know what they're doing. So again, it's a both-and. Uh, Dei Verbum, uh, one of the 16 documents of the Second Vatican Council, the, the Latin title there, Dei Verbum, is Word of God, and it talks about this very point, Scripture being timeless and applicable across uh, all time spans uh, up to the second day, the second coming of Christ uh, at the end of time. So great question, Joe. Thank you so much, and thank you also for your witnessing of doing a couple more things in the positive sense for Lent, which we begin tomorrow on Ash Wednesday. Uh, that is uh, looking more at yourself before you criticize or condemn others with your with your own pl- uh, plank in your eye, as you said, quoting Scripture. And also, to, you hope to do an extra uh, Holy Hour, Eucharistic Holy Hour, I presume, at a perpetual adoration chapel there near your parish, if not your parish itself. So, Joe, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You know what I like about Joe's, both of his suggestions, Father Wade? What's is that? Is that they're attainable. He's not yeah. biting off more than he can chew. We make that mistake a lot, don't we? We do. We do do that, yes. And, and, and you know, it stems from goodwill, I think. But, again, we need to be realistic with ourselves. That's a great point. Yep. Uh, Judy is up next, a first-time caller in Tucson, Arizona, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Judy, you're on with Father Wade. Thank you for my call, and um, I just wanted to say quickly that I uh, was at—I'm Tucson—I'm actually traveling, and I stopped at the cathedral in Tucson, I believe it's St. Augustine, and uh, for confession, because I had missed uh, Mass on Sunday because I am traveling from Texas. Anyway, uh, while I was there and I uh, was in confession, I— I felt that the priest was struggling a little. He was kind of speaking very... There were priests, anyway. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that, too. Anyways, it occurred to me that for Lent, I think what I should be doing is... uh, First of all, I was praying for the priest. um, But it occurred to me to pray for persons that I might see on the street or something like that, rather than just, you know, maybe... uh, do what I usually do, but also I think I should say prayers for these people that I see and just randomly see and think of them and and offer prayers to them. But I also wanted to say one other thing is um, one thing that I do every year for Lent is I have 40 masses said for uh, persons that uh, are either deceased or for my children's families, things like that. Mm, So those are my, uh, that's all I want to say right now. 
Okay. Well, that's fantastic, uh, Judy. Thank you so much for a great witness call and what it is you're doing, praying for folks that you randomly encounter throughout the day and remembering them, and also uh, having the 40 Masses said for loved ones, I presume, uh, whether living or deceased, and that's a beautiful thing to do, to offer suffrages uh, even for the dead during Lent and suffrages for the living. So we thank you so much. What a, what a great uh, list of items you have there. Thank you so much. 833-288-EWTN. That is our toll-free number. It is a free telephone call anywhere in North America. 833-288-3986. Next up is Tim in Louisville, Kentucky, listening on the EWTN app. Tim, thanks so much for holding. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Father uh, Wade had an opportunity to meet you here in Louisville. Uh, I think it was a couple years ago. Oh, great. You were visiting... Uh, I think St. Louis Burton's Parish. Um, but uh, for, as far as my Lenten observances, I try to attend daily Mass at least three times a week, you know, as, as, as often as I can. So mm. I think the first thing I'm going to uh, set out to do is attend daily Mass every day because it's it's something that's attainable. It's something that I can do. And, um, you know, I just I feel almost with, I almost feel like I'm, without something if I don't attend Mass as, sure. as I go through my day. And um, so that's one of the big things. I'm also, you know, I'm going to abstain from alcohol um, and maybe a couple other things. I gave up ice cream years ago, and I you know, I was the biggest ice cream eater you could imagine. So that was <laughs> that was tough. Now, now it's easy. Uh, I give up social media uh, during Lent. You know, no, no Facebook, no YouTube. And uh, so that kind of brings me a, a little inner peace. Sure. Uh, sure. By well, doing that as well. Well, that's great, Tim. Don't do not give up listening to Open Line Tuesday during Lent, though. You don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm, or if I'm, you, I'm streaming, I'm streaming. Yeah, okay. So that's my so so I I can do that because I'm not actually I'm not actually on YouTube. Sure, sure. Understood, understood. So, uh, yeah, those are some great, fantastic ideas. And remember, you know, uh, let's you, you want to start going to daily mass during Lent or or for Lent, go to daily mass. And remember, if you can't make it one day or two days or whatever because something else comes up, there's no sin involved there. I mean, this is something odd extra that you want to do for Lent, and so one should not feel guilty or scrupulous if they don't if they don't uh, make it fully what they originally intended to do. I'm not saying you're doing that, but it's a teachable moment for those who are talking about doing something for Lent, either in the positive or the negative. And as uh, Jack said earlier, uh, you know, they, they find that they chewed off more than they, 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 they bit off more than they could chew, right? And so that could lead to discouragement, but there's no need for that. You just get right back up and you try to continue on and doing better. So great, Tim. What a, what a great witness call. We thank you so much. So you went over the guidelines for fasting and abstinence during this season, or really any time in the in the church calendar, and the question was brought up, is it true that women who are pregnant or nursing are dispensed from fasting and abstinence? Yes, they are. Uh, you know, those that are excused from fast and abstinence outside the age limits include the physically or mentally ill, including individuals suffering from chronic illnesses such as diabetes, and also included are indeed pregnant or nursing women. So that's a great, a great question, and that's found also at usccb.org in a different section uh, than what I read earlier on Open Line just a few minutes ago. But uh, it is found there. So great, great question. I'm so glad the person uh, typed that in on the sidebar to ask it. 
833-288-EWTN. That's our toll-free number. We've got open phone lines for you right now at 833-288-3986. And guess what? It's Ash Wednesday around the world. So if you are outside the United States and Canada, give us a call uh, with your question about uh, anything having to do with faith, family, and fellowship. The number is 833-288-EWTN. Outside of uh, the United States and Canada, it's 1-205-271-2985. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. You know, Father Wade, the mystics down through the ages in Holy Mother Church have told us that depriving the physical senses through fasting and abstinence and the like can actually heighten our spiritual senses. So a time like Lent would be a great time to start or continue discerning a vocation, because we all have one. That's right, we certainly do, and and if there's a, a young man out there, 18 to 40, who is discerning a possible religious life vocation with a religious order, with an active missionary preaching apostolate, I would like to invite him to go to fathersofmercy.com and look at our website, navigate through it, and find out more about the Fathers of Mercy, and also possibly contact our vocation director, Father Joseph Morgan, at vocations at fathersofmercy.com. Again, that's the word vocation with an S at the end of it. Vocations at fathersofmercy.com is the email address for Father Joseph Morgan, our vocation director. What are some of the signs of a Fathers of Mercy vocation? Well, we Fathers of Mercy, Jack, are looking for good, solid Catholic men, 18 to 40, who are unabashedly in love with our Lord Jesus Christ and His Bride, the Church. Men who want to help transform a veritable culture of death into a culture of life, and love by showing and giving it the mercy of God, his greatest attribute, his divine mercy. We seek virtuous men for the Fathers of Mercy, men who, despite their own failings, have experienced the mercy of God themselves, and so are able to give that great gift to others. Men who want to live joyfully the evangelical counsels of poverty, chastity, and obedience, all while living and sharing a common life of prayer, work, and fraternity, and in an active missionary preaching apostolate, coupled with the staffing of rural parishes in neglected areas, as we are called to by bishops to assist. So there you have it, uh, fathersofmercy.com and vocations at fathersofmercy.com. Would you consider uh, your part there in Auburn, Kentucky, to be part of horse country in Kentucky? Horse country is traditionally considered more eastern in the Lexington area. Yeah. Uh, that said, we do have some uh, horse farms in our area. In fact, one's not too far from us going towards Franklin, Kentucky, not to be confused with uh, Franklin, Tennessee, which is just over the state line into Tennessee. So the two Franklins are kind of close by each other. Uh, but we do have uh, a couple of horse farms in the area, but that's t- typically speaking more of the Lexington area. Well, I can tell you what definitely is horse country, and that's Saratoga, New York, and that's where we're heading next. Sue is in Saratoga listening on the EWTN app. Sue, you are on with Father Wade. Well, good afternoon, Father Wade. I'm a frequent listener, especially on Tuesdays, because I've learned so much more about my faith. So thank you so much for your dedication to not only the priesthood, but also to giving us more education to 
plunge right into the traditions of our faith. But um, I thought I'd share my journey during Lent. I I often think about it and write down things a month ahead so that I contemplate it quite a bit. But And some of the things I've adopted during Lent, I've kept because they've been so useful. But mm. this year, um, I'm doing the ice cream and butter thing, too, because I overindulge, and it helps me with discipline. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I go to communion twice a week and Mass, which is more than um, just my Sunday devotion to receive the Eucharist that helps me stay on track. It strengthens me during my Lenten journey and gives me more insight into the acts of mercy. I try to do one act of mercy every single week with my grandchild, um, whether it's baking for a family or reaching out to someone that's homebound or sick or something like that. We, we, you know, but I, sure. and I never find I I never find I lack for somebody to reach out to and do that act of mercy. Um, and my stations of the cross I do daily, and I have this old cow barn that I walk in, and it's got a track in it, and it has twelve beams, and they're all shaped in a cross. And I go in there, and it's so quiet and peaceful, and like I said, it's just a great place to say my rosary and my uh, Stations of the Cross, when I need to get away from the, all the hustle and bustle of things in the house. So, um, and I, yeah, and I, I do try to get to adoration at least once during my Lenten time, but um, I love Lent. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful discipline that draws us closer to our Lord and Jesus, and like I said, it's yeah. like a cleansing, cleansing yeah. time, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And and the ascetical life we take on during Lent should really have some presence in our life throughout the 12-month year. It's just that Lent brings everything to the fore in a special way, focusing on Jesus' own time uh, of, of fasting in the desert and preparing for his three years of public ministry. Uh, that's the, the imminent, preeminent reason why he went out for 40 days and 40 nights, was to prepare himself for his his vocation uh, and three years of public ministry as the God-man, to, to be able to preach and teach, right? And so what we do during Lent should have, like, like the 14 works of mercy, seven for the body, the corporal works of mercy, seven for the soul, the spiritual works of mercy. You mentioned cooking for a family in need. You know, to feed the hungry is, is one of the corporal works of mercy. And so these things, the preeminent good works, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, um, a, a focus on the four cardinal virtues, you know, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, or, or the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. These things should always be somewhat in our lives, and strongly so, to different varying degrees throughout the 12-month year of, of continuous living, right? But Lent just brings them to the fore, and that's the beautiful thing. And, and Sue, you've given some great, great ideas for all of our listeners today, for what you yourself are doing, and that's a wonderful thing. So we thank you. I also thank you, as I'm sure Jack does, and our entire team here at Open Line Tuesday for, for your very, very kind uh, words about Open Line Tuesday and how you enjoy this show so much at, your, at the beginning of your questions so, and sharing of your comments. So thank you so much, Sue. God bless you now. Take care. We head next to the great state of Washington. Craig is listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Craig, you are on with Father Wade Menezes. Father Wade, thank you so much for taking my call. So, you're very, ma- you're very welcome, Craig. Thank you. 
I've been listening to you every chance I get on Tuesday, and I just super enjoy your show. Um, I was telling the screener that I hadn't been to a confession for almost three years, and listening to you continually talk about the importance of confession, and basically, too, how to do it, don't be fearful, just <laughs> go do it. Last yeah. Saturday, I don't know what happened, but it's just like I... It was like a like a bolt of lightning hit me, and I just jumped in the car and went to the earliest confession I could in my area. It was absolutely wonderful, and I just wanted to let you know that how much I appreciate that. Well, it's 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 the strength I think that listening to you talk about it and talk about the importance just gave me the strength to say, "Hey, I got to go do this." and yeah, it, it was fantastic, and since then I've been attending daily mass, and I'm so anxious now for Lent because <laughs> I, I feel pretty brand new now. So, well, beautiful. I just, to, I just wanted to thank you so much for that. Well, you're very welcome, Craig, and you know it's the Holy Spirit's work ultimately, and we praise Him for that, and and we also praise the Holy Spirit for your cooperation with God's grace. Uh, as Saint Augustine says, "Without God, I can't, but without me, God won't." And and you responded, and uh, uh, Saint Saint uh, Catherine of Siena says, "The God who made you without your cooperation will not save you without your cooperation." And here you are cooperating, cooperate, a co-worker with God, right? In the Latin, co-opere, you are a co-worker with God. He's always the primary mover in the life of grace, uh, purely gratuitous on his part, absolutely no doubt about that. That said, he desires that we work with him to move ourselves to a life of that sanctifying grace. So without God, I can't, and without me, God won't, and the God who made you without your cooperation will not save you without your cooperation. And I'm going to take this opportunity to come through my, my nine benefits of a frequent confession, because you've given such a beautiful witness call on returning to confession, Craig. Uh, self-knowledge is increased. Uh, Christian humility grows. Bad habits are corrected. Spiritual neglect is resisted. Spiritual tepidity or lukewarmness is resisted. The conscience is purified. The will is strengthened. A salutary self-control is achieved in daily life. And grace is increased in the soul in virtue of the sacrament of itself. So uh, thank you so much, Craig, for uh, a great witness call about confession. So, so important to this liturgical season of Lent and how you've been touched by what I've said on Open Line Tuesday, again, all God's great work. Thank you now, Craig. God bless you. Still a couple of open lines for you at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Aaron is a first-time caller in Louisville, Kentucky, listening on Holy Family Radio. Aaron, you're on with Father Wade. Greetings, Father Wade. How are you? Doing great, Aaron. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah, I met Father Ben uh, at a retreat last year at St. Martin of Tours. I have not made the uh, the trek down to visit you all, but my wife and son would really love to come down and see you guys. But uh, hopefully God will provide that for us soon. So Wonderful. Uh, my, Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in my last, uh, you say, 14 years of being married, I, I uh, began a, a practice at New Year's with the New Year's resolution, if you will, kind of the worldly approach to Lynn's. And what I found is to, this is something I'm just sharing to you and your listeners, maybe we can talk more about it some other time, but basically, if, if you have something that you, you struggle with as a deep sin, say pornography or something to that effect, 
in 2010, I, I started practicing limiting or going away from that after a confession. And I practiced that between January 1st and then when Lent began, uh, I had all that time before Lent uh, to actually practice and restore a confession. And then when Lent begins, then I really prove it in the desert and the graces were fully there. I haven't actually looked at pornography since 2010 after being married uh, December 2009. And so when I came back from Rome on our honeymoon, it was uh, just kind of a a real proving, if you will. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the actual the actual refinement was taking place. And so it's been very grace filled. I had a scenario that that outplayed, I think, about 2018 or 17. I was a student or I was a season ticket holder at the University of Oklahoma uh, for football. And they had Lincoln Riley as a coach. And that year I between uh, New Year's and at Lent, I had given up going uh, to college, or I, I had given up uh, giving Sunday back to God and basically not shopping online and not having relations with my wife on that particular day. And so uh, literally in March that year, we got our ticket renewal packet, and they told us that there was a, the very first game was against Houston, and for the first time in like 119 or 120 years of football at OU, they were going to play their first game on a Sunday. And I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to go to this game. She said, Aaron, the face value on those tickets are 500 bucks together. And I said, I said but Casey, here's the thing. I, if I'm not going to go, I can't have someone else go in my place. I wouldn't ever tell somebody to go, go and put something in front of God on a Sunday. And so we, we kept those tickets, and I've, I've gotten them framed as kind of a, you know, a, a moment, like a, a ticket back to a time when, whenever I continue to stay the course on giving God his Sunday back. Uh, and it, it just, when you look at it, you zoom out and you say, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy because it is noted here. Oh, you played Houston on this Sunday <laughs> and right. Aaron was not in attendance, you know, with his family and those tickets went unused. So uh, it is, I, I'll pause there if you have any response on it, but uh, I've, I've got some examples where, um, you know, I've uh, basically had, what do you say, uh, no more cussing. So for the period up to Lent, I was at work telling everybody at the office, I'm not going to cuss anymore. And they smashed this massive excavator into a telehandler. They came and got me, and I, I went out there, and I just looked at all the guys. They were waiting for me to cuss. I said, I said you make me want to cuss. And they were like, wow, not even this is going to get them to cuss. <laughs> So you're holding strong there, Aaron. That's what that's what it sounds like, and that's God's grace working in you. And again, like our previous caller, you cooperating with it and staying on the on the right track, and that's a great thing. And to be able to look at those framed tickets, those framed five hundred dollar a piece tickets, uh, can serve as a good incentive to to want to stay on track because you succeeded in the past, you can succeed in the present, and you can succeed even as well in the future. So uh, what a, what a couple of great examples you've given us, including in the workplace as well with the family as well, in your personal life as well, for what you're doing from New Year's Day uh, through uh, Lent beginning on Ash Wednesday, and even uh, something recreational like the game. So uh, you've given us several categories there of, of, of great examples where God wins in the end in all of them. So thank you so much, Aaron. And yes, uh, make a trek to the Fathers of Mercy, maybe Divine Mercy Sunday uh, weekend uh, coming up. I believe it's on April 7th this year. 
And uh, of course, that's the, the patronal feast of our chapel at our main general residence. Uh, it's the Chapel of the Divine Mercy, so Divine Mercy Sunday is the patronal feast. The uh, day of dedication is August 23rd, but uh, the patronal feast is uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, and so we always have a nice crowd here. Uh, and so that's something you and your wife and, and son might want to think about coming to do this coming Divine Mercy Sunday. God bless you now. Take care. 833-288-EWTN. That's our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. Next stop is Newark, Ohio. Jocelyn is a first-time caller listening on our great affiliate there, St. Gabriel Radio. Jocelyn, welcome to the program. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Hello to you both. Um, I have an interesting Lent this year. I got a wake-up call in October um, I was having back pain. It turns out I have stage four colon cancer, mm. which is, you know, terminal. So luckily, luckily they have a treatment where I, I'm hopefully going to be around for at least another five years because I have four children um, that lost their dad six years ago in a car accident. Mm. So enough of that story. But for Lent this year, I've really, ever since I got my diagnosis and recognized more mortality, my faith life has just really deepened and... Um, I'm going to spend Lent writing like a handwritten personal letter to anyone I think I need to touch base with, you know, in my life. And it's so much fun to get letters and stuff. So to do that, and then um, I'm doing part of the Divine Office now, uh, Bishop Robert Barron, you know, the the only have to do the three. Um, And then I'm going on a silent retreat to Kentucky to the Abbey of Gethsemane. Oh, yes. And the first week of June, I'm going on a pilgrimage for the Sacred Heart to the Diocese of Columbus, and my 18-year-old daughter has decided she wants to come with me, and I've been praying for that for like wow. a year. Beautiful. So I've got a lot of, of really cool like opportunities to grow spiritually, even though I'm, I mean, you know, it's scary to know you're gonna, you know, you know your mortality more than maybe some other people do, but it's like, let's just, let's just be the best we can be and, and love everybody, and I just keep praying, you know, for the kids because after their dad died, they all kind of didn't want to go to Mass much. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Anyway, uh, but yeah, well, it's, it's amazing all the blessings I've gotten since I've been diagnosed sick, so... Well, beautiful, J- Jocelyn, in, in your plans, beautiful in your plans of, of not... Um, of not letting this get the best of you psychologically and shutting yourself in as a shut-in, but rather not only getting out and about, but wanting to aid others, like with the letter writing and whatnot. Uh, you remind me of a, of, a, of a book that I've heard great things about, although I have not read it myself. It's titled Fighting Cancer with the Help of Your Catholic Faith by Lorene Hanley Duquin, D-U-Q-U-I-N. Lorene Hanley Duquin, Fighting Cancer with the Help of Your Catholic Faith. And one of the points that I've heard that she makes in that book is that you stay optimistic, you keep doing, you, you keep being other-centered, you keep being self-sacrificial, just like Christ was from the cross, constantly other-centered, constantly focused on the other, rather than becoming reclusivist on self. And with everything you've laid out for us um, in that regard, what your plans are, not only for Lent and beyond, uh, you're going to be a busy woman, and uh, God willing, your your health will permit you to see through these things, and even taking the pilgrimage with your 18-year-old daughter. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm going to add your name to my prayer list for Lent, and I'm also going to offer my compline this evening specifically for your good health, Jocelyn. 
Uh, thank you so much. Be assured that all of us here at EWTN Open Line Tuesday will be praying for you, adding you to the prayer list. And um, thank you so much for a great, great, fantastic witness call. God bless you now. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Next up is Bill in the great state of Indiana, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Bill, you're on with Father Wade Menezes. Hi, thanks for taking my call. You bet, Bill. Um, Thank you for your call today. You bet. Um, It's been many years since I've been to confession, and that's one of the things I kind of wanted to do this one was come back to that sacrament. Um, One of the things that's held me back is that um, about six years ago, I got remarried. I had been divorced for many years. Um, and the, a woman I, I have a loving relationship, a loving marriage with now is a prior, is a Catholic as well, but, you know, she was divorced twice. Um, and I just felt that, you know, coming to, what, what can I do with, with confession if I'm not, I guess, repentant of being remarried again, I guess, um, you know, how, how is it, what can I do, or how should I handle this? Well, g- great question, and you, you're showing tremendous goodwill in wanting to remedy the situation. First of all, the Church teaches that if you and your civil wife currently are living as though brother and sister, that is, with no conjugal relations, you can receive the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession, and return to the Eucharist. Um, And hopefully during that process, while remaining continent with one another, hopefully the two of you will want to attempt to get your current civil marriage situation uh, sacramentalized in the Church. And you do that by, by looking into the annulment process of any prior unions that were uh, known to be, and still believed to be, sacramental. So you said your, your wife was twice divorced, uh, so I'm presuming her second marriage is not valid, uh, unless she got an annulment uh, with the first marriage to marry the second person. I don't know if she did or not. That's something for you and her to discuss and, and take to the to the, your parish priest so that he can um, hear you both out and what your situations are. Presuming the three prior spouses, your one and her two, are, are still living, um, you know, the, the, the bond would still be presumed to be valid if, if it took place in the Church. So I'm not a, a canon lawyer in general, nor am I a canon lawyer of marriage in particular, but I, I can share with you the importance of, of wanting to meet with your parish pastor to get this going to see what the possibilities are for the annulment process. If you have reason to believe that your prior marriage in the Church was never sacramental to begin with, you have a right to pursue that case. The Church teaches you have a right to pursue that case. Our Lord Himself intimates as much uh, when, he, when He talks about divorce, uh, pr- presuming that, that it was not valid. Uh, we often read in Scripture the first one. So um, you, you have a right to pursue that, and, and hearing the desire in your, in your voice and your desire to call the show today and, and give a, a live witness call in this regard of wanting to t- return to confession, know that it can happen. The Church desires it to happen. Our Lord Jesus Christ desires it to happen, and hopefully fully within the context of a, of a marriage that's within the Church. But until then, uh, living 
incontinently as though brother and sister with no conjugal relations, no marital embrace of the marital act, you can return to both Eucharist and confession. The only two of the seven sacraments that can be received over and over again with much frequency, precisely because they sustain us in our daily walk in life. So um, I, I wish you the best, uh, Bill. Uh, set up an appointment. Hopefully your wife, your current civil wife, will encourage you to do this. Uh, Hopefully she'll be there with you, wanting to seek out her own remedies of her past two situations, uh, one of which is probably not even valid. And I wish you the best in this regard, so that you can return to the sacraments of confession uh, and, and Holy Communion, the Holy Eucharist, fully in a sacramental marriage. God bless you both now, you and your wife. Take care. Uh, Father Wade, we had a caller who called in who missed your nine benefits to a good confession. Where can they find that at the Fathers of Mercy website? They can find that at the Fathers of Mercy website, fathersofmercy.com. Just simply after clicking on the uh, magnifying glass, a search bar comes up in the middle of the page. Type on that search bar line, nine benefits of confession. But better yet, I would like to encourage that person to get my book, Overcoming the Evil Within, the reality of sin and the transforming power of God's grace and mercy. In fact, I'm holding it up right now. To those of you watching our YouTube live feed or our uh, Facebook live feed, I'm holding it up right now, Overcoming the Evil Within, the reality of sin and the transforming power of God's grace and mercy, where I not only list the nine benefits of confession, but I provide a paragraph on each one individually and break it down Uh, so that we can understand more fully what that particular benefit means, okay? Uh, For example, the purifying of conscience. What does that mean? I describe it in a full paragraph. So all nine are listed in the book. Be sure to get it. Be great Lenten reading and a quick read, too. Very quickly, we'll head to Rob in Merritt Island, Florida, listening on Divine Mercy Radio. Rob, just about a minute left with Father Wade. Go ahead. Good afternoon to both of you. Father, um, is giving to Catholic radio considered tithing and or during Lent almsgiving? Yes, it, it, it could very easily count as that. Remember, your almsgiving, uh, the, the, in, financially speaking, since that's what your question is, is revolving around, uh, you know, there, there's no church teaching on 10% per se. The word tithe comes from the Old Testament, meaning 10%, meaning 10, and, and so we often hear tithe at 10%, but the church doesn't teach that specifically. You give what you can, and as long as your parish where you're registered receives something, uh, you are welcome to give to other entities as well, and Catholic Radio would be a great one for evangelization. Great question. Thank you. Father, would you leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God... The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners this day and always, on this Shrove Tuesday especially, and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us on many of these EWTN stations. Stick around for Beacon of Truth with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Deacon's talking about masculine spirituality today. Until we get together tomorrow with Father Mitch Paqua on Open Line Wednesday, God bless.